Welcome to Midnight Conversations. My name is Stephen Banos. And I'm Anna Dinan Vikaraja. Hey. Coming in loud. <laughs> can you hear me, Steve? <laughs> I can hear you now. I can hear okay. you now. Take two. Um, well <laughs> what's going on? How's things, man? Uh, things, things are good. Things are good. I'm uh, excited to cover today's paper, which is another, mm. uh, another one of those papers where I have a thought about some lifestyle change or that I'm, I'm thinking about and, or looking into. So I thought... Why not inform myself with with this podcast and, and you know kill two birds with one stone and, and learn more about it? Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, paper. It's an interesting choice, and we'll get to what it is soon enough. But mm-hmm. I figure this comes kind of from your uh, engagement with the bouldering community. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> um, yeah, I look. There has been a transition, I think, in in some part relating to bouldering, and I can explain that further in a second. But uh, I, I guess the backstory behind this is I, like probably many listeners, uh, don't change my shoes, running shoes, very often. I mean, Stephen, how often do you change your running shoes? Uh, only when they break, so like once every two years. Or yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm creeping up to that two year mark, uh, and I looked at my shoes, uh, and I don't really check the bottom of the shoes now. But when I I did check them, I realized it's just it's just silky smooth, like there's no grip mm. whatsoever. Yep, and the only reason why, yeah, the only reason I started checking is because I started to get holes at the top of my shoes. So I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, let me go and and buy another pair of shoes. And so I I made a decision about the shoe that I would wear when I was, I don't know, 15 or 17 years old. I went to athlete's foot, got my foot measured, whatever it was, and then uh, they recommended a shoe. And then every time I needed shoes, I'd buy the shoes. It was like ASICS. I think it was like the Gel Keanu or something. Um, super supportive, big arch in the in the heel. And it was just something I just always got. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a uh, money <laughs> money sucker that uh, when it comes to shoes it's about $270 which is close to $300 yeah, right which is shoes are expensive I man. think is is the main hesitation I have when it comes to buying shoes it's 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 yeah definitely an expensive item so yeah. that was that was one factor that delayed the uh, the purchase of shoes but then I was like well you know what's good for knee health and it's important to update your shoes especially because I run but then I questioned myself as hopefully all good scientists do and I say well are the shoes that I buy and the decision that I made as a teenager is it actually good for my knee health is it something that is beneficial should I look at the evidence as to what is best for injury prevention and uh, ensuring that I have longevity with with my health and, and, and safety in terms of injury. So I uh, right. found this paper, which is, uh, the title is called Body Mass and Weekly Training Distance Influence the Pain and Injuries Experienced by Runners uh, Using Minimalist Shoes. Uh, so Stephen, have you heard yeah. of minimalist shoes before today? I, no, I really had never heard of it. Um, I thought it was some kind of joke when, <laughs> when you sent this paper. What, what did you think about yeah. when when the term minimalist shoes comes up? What what uh, thoughts come to mind? Uh, there was there was no clear image in my head. I guess I just thought it was yeah some some kind of new ridiculous fad. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, which just, is essentially what it is, right? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 a shoe that a minimalist wears, I guess, to some extent. <laughs> yes, a, yeah. a man with no possessions. Uh, with, uh, <laughs> so essentially, uh, mm. by I I do boulder, 
and uh, made me interested in the types of rubber that goes into shoes. And I came across these shoes. And, and there, it, is, it has been a fad, these minimalist shoes. I think it traced back to mid-2000, to 2006. There was some book that came oh, out wow. about barefoot running, uh, which was this argument someone tried to put forward in regards to how we should be running barefoot the ways in which our shoes are shaped is unnatural, the excessive arch support. Uh, and that support can be beneficial when it's fresh. But when shoes degrade, like you and I have shoes that like the, that support yeah. is gone, yeah, yeah. then it can cause some sort of issues. And so the argument is that your body is is stiff. And so uh, the the shoe itself absorbs the impact from when you hit the ground because it has that cushion. But when that cu- cushion disintegrates, your body is still stiff because it doesn't really feel the ground as it moves. And so that can cause injury on running on old shoes. So um, mm. these are the propositions put forward. Uh, and I thought, well, I want to read a paper that looks into this. And I, I found some uh, systematic reviews on this topic, but uh, they all came to the same confu- conclusion, which is there was a lack of high quality evidence uh, to make a sound conclusion about the effectiveness of minimalist shoes on injury prevention or running performance or all these sort of factors. And so for me, the biggest factor is injury, right? I just I mm. ha- have had in- knee injury my whole life uh, and want to mitigate that as much as possible. So I went to the next level of ed- evidence, which is a randomized control trial uh, to look at um the effect of minimal shoes on injury and, that, and here we are today on this paper so yeah i mean this so this this study got uh people running so it was randomly selected people for it was 26 weeks mm-hmm. is that is that the correct time frame that doesn't seem like a very long period of time to have people running in these shoes does yeah. that is that is that fair to say just um in terms of actually you know, cal- calculating the likelihood of injury. Mm. I feel like 26 weeks when changing shoes would only be a very short amount of time to actually test or yeah. to get reliable results. This, this is actually a really good scientific question, one that I often ask myself when it comes to things like this. It can also be asked in relation to sample size. When someone says they've done a study and it's in a sample of X number of people, uh, the question is, what uh, the counter question to what you've just raised in relation to sample size or in relation to number of weeks is, well, then how many weeks would satisfy your criteria for, oh, okay, I think this is a sufficient time to uh, look at injury. So I, I'll throw that back to you. What do you think would be a sufficient I, amount of time? I guess they have to do a whole nother study about the, the, the number of weeks. Yeah, right. yeah, I, yeah, that could be one. Yeah. So they could do a study that looks at number of weeks and, and mm. it can be difficult because of time and cost. So they have to come up with some sort of rationale as to why this number is is is, is used. Mm. And in the same way, when it comes to sample size, uh, a lot of students fall into the trap when, it, when they come into science. Uh, they learn that low sample sizes can be bad because they lead to conclusions that don't generalize to a larger population and, and they can be biased in some ways depending on how the sample is selected. But the question needs to be, okay, so the sample is small. Is there any merit to what is being said in this paper? Can we conclude something? Do we just need to temper our conclusion somewhat and be conscious of what these other factors are? So I think it's really important to, it's a really good question I think that you raise, but it's also important to also say, well, what what value can we get from this study? So 
um, I encourage everyone. Yeah, to do that. right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Just um, it's probably not feasible to have like a two to five year study going just on minimalist shoes. You know, and maybe not other and things to do. Yeah, <laughs> for for a bunch of reasons. But yeah, that that could be one. But uh, we got we ha- we have to ask these questions. So yeah, you're right. So mm. that's what they did. So they did uh, six months, so half a year, and they looked at these minimalist shoes. So just to clarify, what minimalist shoes are for anyone who's still yeah. unsure, uh, they're essentially shoes that have. Uh, very little arch support in the heel. So um, most shoes that you have, they have arch support. So a lot of heel support uh, and it's advertised, right? Oh, we have gel in our shoe or we have some sort of cushioning, extra soft cushion uh, to help with your running. Um, and so um, that's generally how shoes are structured and designed. Minimalist shoes have very little um, arch support. They rely a lot on the muscles in your ankle to sort of stabilize. And the idea is that you can feel sort of the movements uh, under the ground uh, as you run. So so as I was talking before about that uh, rigidity in terms of your running, you become more fluid because you're really more conscious or in tune with uh, the ground as you're running. So that's the proposition put forward. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there are different types of minimal shoes. There's these crazy minimal shoes called Vibrams, which look like... uh, like I don't know, webbing shoes. Yeah, it's sort the ones of, with the little, the little toe them? slots. Those exactly. are ridiculous. So they they're essentially toes yeah. uh, that that fit your toes in. So they have little <laughs> little socks, and then you have to get I think special socks that have uh, for each of your fingers so that they can go in, so they're not jamming the toes uh, on each of them. Or you just run barefoot because because the shoe itself. Yeah. Uh, separates each of your toes right because it's individual so then mm. the socks don't fit in uh, or they do which is very uncomfortable i can see you wearing these shoes one day well okay we're, we're, we're getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, that, that's essentially what a minimalist shoe is i i uh the evidence is mixed uh, i'll preface it now. yeah let's, say, let's go through them yeah let, let's let's go through the evidence first so uh steven do you want to take us through uh generally the main findings or, or what you took away from the study as to what they found yeah, so the, the main finding, I don't remember the specifics, but generally um, the likelihood of injury or pain increases after about 71 kilograms. So mm-hmm. your body weight has a, has a huge impact. Um, and then the heavier you, heavier you are, the more likely you are to experience um, pain or injury as a result of running uh, with minimalist shoes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's a... Uh, that's a really good summary, Stephen. Uh, and I, I think in, in some, <laughs> in some ways, <laughs> I can feel your pride through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, you could argue that well, being heavy puts you at a risk of injury running in any shoes, really. Hmm. Um, yeah. But what's interesting here is they so they put people into two groups. They had uh, they were randomly alloc- allocated, which is why it's a randomized controlled trial. So they randomly allocated people into either minimalist shoes or conventional shoes, and then they looked at how these people running across this time period of 26 uh, weeks. And then the people would would um, report their pain uh, that they experienced in the shoes or any injuries. Um, and so they did find that there was uh, greater pain in the minimal, minimal shoes. Uh, and uh, as Stephen noted, there there was more injury light related to uh, using minimalist shoes. And so what this compared to was uh, 11 of the 30 runners sustained an injury in conventional shoes compared with 16 of 31 runners in the minimalist shoes. Um, and so there is there is a difference there, and we, we can see that. Uh, the question is how significant is that difference? And the randomized control trial allows us to come to the idea that well, the, it's likely if there is a difference, it's due to the intervention. But what I, I, I don't actually understand in this paper is that there is a difference in uh, 
risk to injury, but that doesn't seem to be statistically significant. So what that could mean, or the interpretation of that, is that if you were to take other samples and do this, you could find it where uh, there's no difference between groups. You could find it where there's a higher uh, risk of injury in the conventional shoes versus Milman shoes. So there, there's no actual statistical significantly uh, different results here. So it means there's there's possibly if we had a larger sample, we'd find no difference or we may find another effect. It, it just uh, doesn't tell us much there. Um, so yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be some some gaps in this paper. At least that was my my yeah. first thought. I think there are, there are so many reasons as to to why people might get injured, mm. and you know the difference between eleven people getting injured to sixteen does not seem <laughs> like a big like a big difference. Yeah. Um. Especially people wearing different shoes might just be kind of like a, a different feel as you run, mm-hmm. um, rather than actually the impact of the shoe. So you might you know like have a shorter step and, and miss something or. I'm not sure. I, I think it could be just, yeah, what, you know, me, there are many variables that, that would impact this study, in, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that, no, that's yeah. spot on. And whether people run on yeah. treadmills, do they run outdoors? People who use minimalist shoes typically do trail running, so running where you're more likely to get injured. But uh, mm. so there's a whole bunch of factors to, to account for. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, well, I think what was interesting is that, as you said, that interaction effect. So what that means is they looked at, well, does the difference in injury rate depend on weight. And they found that, yeah, there, it, it does depend on weight. So the heavier you are, the more likely you are to get injured. And that was uh, statistically significant. So that was, that was interesting. Yeah. What, how much do you weigh now? What are you at? I don't, yeah. I don't actually, I, I haven't actually yeah. weighed myself <laughs> in a while. So I don't, I, I did for the, I was at a friend's house. And I, I mentioned this and I hadn't done it in a long time. So I think I'm mm. uh, 70 kilos on the, on the button. So. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you're safe. You can, you can I, wear these. But shoes see, now this is, injuries. this is the <laughs> next big question, Stephen, is do these results apply to me as an individual? So we, we already noted the sample size is small. Uh, the the next thing we have to look at is the participants who were included in the trial. So their age is roughly twenty seven, which is which is plus or minus seven years, which is standard deviation. So so they're representative in an age related aspect. So they're not really really old or really really young. And um, and so there's a whole bunch of factors. So these are things to consider. But I did I I did decide to to go forward with minimal issues just to have a interesting self-experiment and see how it would go. Uh, And the takeaway I took from this paper, particularly as you noted the short period that they looked at, what they noted initially as well was the increase in injury may be related to the use of the shoes, like going hard uh, too quickly in them. So I actually haven't gone running in these shoes yet. I got them like a week ago. I've just been uh, walking around in them and just feeling yes. how they how they feel and all that sort of stuff. And I'll gradually, progressively introduce some running uh, with the shoes in a second. But I, I mean, my thinking was they have to be better than the shoes that I have, which had no, were just degrading over time. So I felt, felt that it was a fair decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually I actually looked into these when you sent through the paper. Yeah. Uh, I watched some YouTube videos on them, some reviews. A lot of people were saying that you really should just start out slowly on them. Um, mm. You should, yeah, integrate them into your life very gradually. Otherwise, you know, there, there is a greater chance of injury, which I, I think like, is, makes sense to me. And it's a, um, it's a nugget of wisdom that applies to almost everything, right? So if yeah. you're changing diet, start slow into it. Don't go too fast. If you're changing any lifestyle behavior, it's usually slow incremental change that builds up over time. Some people can make drastic changes and stick it out. But uh, I think generally a lot of people can, can't really stick out big mm. life changes. 
So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was I was actually gonna do like a bold play on the podcast and, and buy a pair of shoes so, <laughs> during the podcast, but then I saw that they cost around two hundred dollars, and I yeah, but yeah. I thought I might think about this a little further. Um, but yeah, it really it really does just seem seem like a fad. There's kind of this idea that's that's been floating around, especially so more more recently that like natural is better. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of an overestimation of the power of marketing companies. People are like, oh, they're just going to tell you whatever to make you buy their product, right? Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, but I guess the irony is that that's sort of what the people that are selling minimalist shoes are doing. Yeah. <laughs> they're telling you that these are better for you, therefore buy them, you know? Um, so there's no real, yeah, it, it is ironic. There's no real yeah. counter argument on their part. Yeah, it's very um, true. And I, I think you could take the argument, well, if if that is the belief set that you have that naturalist is better, well, mm. back in the days where it was barefoot running, they also didn't have mattresses. So sleep is, uh, that argument is sleeping on the floor is better, which yeah. evidence does show firmer mattresses are better for heavier people, uh, but mm. softer mattresses can be effective for people who are lighter. So there, I, th- I think there's, yeah, you're, you're right. Just because we've adapted over time to do things uh, doesn't mean that we shouldn't. Uh, it's interesting. This is a massive tangent, by the way. Let me just flag this yeah, for, for people. It's our podcast. We do what we want. I, 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 uh, I was reading a book uh, called, um, what was it called? Oh, a code Breaker or something. And it was talking about uh, CRISPR, which is a, a tool used uh, to modify the genes of an organism. And the argument, the book talks about the history of gene editing and all the players that were involved uh, in this process. But the interesting thing that sort of relates to this paper uh, or relates to this topic is the question of just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. Uh, so with CRISPR, the question is ethically, if you can edit the genes in people who have uh, certain diseases should you do these uh, gene edits and then it, the, it's finding that line of well how about if you edit genes where it allows people to run faster or be taller or mm. whatever genes that you desire where is that line and so uh, I think it's yeah interesting in, in that perspective of what we're talking about in terms of naturalists versus humans with the intervention and capacity to to uh, do so should we so yeah, I mean, yeah. genetic intervention is certainly a step away from minimalist shoes. But I get, I get, I get your point. I get your point. No, well, no, well the intervention. The I'm sorry, the analogy here is the intervention that we've placed is the use of cushioning on shoes, and so these minimalists are going back to the basics, and some people are going barefoot running. I'm just saying, just because there is an intervention doesn't mean it's not good. And from my reading, I do get the sense that uh, using conventional running shoes is fine. Uh, I think it's just about making sure you're consistently upgrading them as you go, because if they wear out, you lose the benefits. And in the same way with minimalist shoes, perhaps it makes people, there's a confounder that people are more conscious of their running if they're using minimalist shoes and they're Mm -hmm. trying to tread a bit softer uh, or they're running on grass terrain rather than concrete. So there's a whole bunch of factors that could influence uh, the results here. So, yeah. Actually, I watched a, a video that came up on my social media feed, yeah. um, which was this guy that has, you know, taken taken to running barefoot. Mm. Um, and it was just videos of him kind of like showing his feet on camera and like rubbing them and <laughs> showing his calluses and, and talking about his experiences. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just, just explaining that it's been life changing for yeah. him and he sees the, the world differently now and he feels better. It's so interesting because I feel like yeah. there's such a mental barrier with barefoot running because the only time I run barefoot is on a beach, right? If I ever mm. go for a runs on a beach and I get extremely paranoid that 
there's going to be something that like sticks into my foot. And I, really? I, yeah, I, I don't know if that's, maybe that's a hyper paranoia that, that, that is there, but I, I, I get really, it, it doesn't feel comfortable. I just, I mean, it's nice if you're closer, closer to the water, but when I'm running in the, in the deeper sand, trying to get more of a workout, it, I, it, mm. yeah, there's a, a bit. Dirty. That's interesting. Bit I, no. I'm, I mock the people that, that do it, but I, I try and walk barefoot as often as possible. Oh, do I you? think it's really good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's there's all sorts of things that I've heard about how it like helps you sync up with like the circadian rhythms of the earth and, and just like random stuff. But I feel like there's no harm in actually just getting out there and going for a walk barefoot. Oh, interesting. So you do walk yeah. barefoot? Yeah, I do. I do yeah. actually. Like outdoors? Yeah. Especially at nighttime for some reason, it just it, like feels better. So we started off, you said you didn't understand what minimal issues were or you hadn't heard of it. And hadn't heard here of you issues, are yeah. actually doing the next extreme level which is barefoot walking and so i know you're, it's part of your life already steve sounds like a 180 flip but it, you know, it I'm, I'm my own man you know? i'm not <laughs> yeah. following fads i'm leading fads fair That's enough <laughs> fair enough there you go um, and on that note uh steven i was yeah. thinking about the podcast that we did uh last time last well i don't know we we, we always get sketchy on the timeline it's just yeah. these podcasts are released when they're released uh, but uh we, you what i realized is that it's been so long since we've been doing podcasts that i completely forgot that we usually end it with you playing some music oh wow right yeah uh, get we got to get this going <laughs> um We're probably Steven's. very out of tune here. There you go. Very lovely. Stephen <laughs> never plays the same riff twice, Spanos. Uh, yeah. You can go back, check every episode. He'll never <laughs> that was use really exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> we should just, just use the audio each time. We can just play it up as if it's brand new and just use it to see if people notice. <laughs> All right. Please don't. And <laughs> say that. Thanks uh, very much. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Our, our, our takeaways from this is what, Stephen? What, what's our general takeaway i mean i've clearly adopted it i'm just experimenting really just doing a self-experiment but what's your sort of feels um i i I guess be interested in (laughs) in fads um and i i guess think think about things that you wouldn't normally think about like shoes i I would never think about the the health benefits of different shoes really Mm. um and then also, I guess, be, be wary of these kinds of papers and, and maybe hold out for more research before investing big in, yeah. in, in things. Yeah. Before I got another tangent to go on, I think I, yeah, I read on. I read a bit of Barefoot Investor, but I, I was reading it where oh, yeah. it was uh, conveniently, actually, that's a great tangent given it's Barefoot Investor. He's, mm. uh, we're talking about barefoot running. But uh, he, uh, I read it when I was starting to read it when I was like, in uni and then i realized oh okay you need to have some level of consistent income coming in to make these messages <laughs> true. so I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna stop reading this book now but the what the part that i read was at the very start where he was talking about how you need to invest in things that you use daily so things like underwear things like socks and things like shoes and hmm. the bed sheets pillows all these things that sometimes people don't put a lot of investment into but when you use it daily uh those are the things you should be considering to make your life better and your health better and all these sort of things so hey it's just uh, another last tangential point before we i like it there. i feel there like I, I feel like there's like subtle lectures in in these for me you know? <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> i'm developing as a person as a you, result do you, of this do, what, do you feel like you're a better scientist as we as we move through these through these episodes 
Uh, I'm just going to say yes. Yeah, that, that's okay. the right answer here. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We can't test it. So yes, I'm much better. <laughs> that, uh, well, uh, a good scientist would test it. So I think, I think it is possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, All right. guys. See you in the next episode. Awesome. <laughs> the next, bye. bye. <laughs>